Hey pigs, this is nailed. A halo by halo journey through the music of Nine Inch Nails with me, Blake. And me, Jessica. And I'm your husband. And I'm his partner in crime. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't think we're gonna continue doing that. Why do you have to introduce ourselves as husband well, and we wife don't, though? Because it's like our it's our fucking gimmick, right? You don't have to have a gimmick. All right, no gimmick. We're not married. Fuck it. <laughs> Halo 3, mm-hmm. Head Like a Hole, which is kind of like a single, but also we just listened to it, right? And mm-hmm. it's kind of like a long-ass dance remix album. <laughs> yeah, it really is. How long was that? I mean... A- I, I know for sure, like, today I went running for, like, it was like a run-walk for, like, 35 minutes, right? And yeah. I was still listening to it. Like, yeah. I think I had just gotten to, um, is it Soil that's next to last? Yeah. No. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. But, oh, okay. But there's also if you, the UK version, I believe. And, like, the one I'm looking at on YouTube Music here includes three down in it versions, which we'll S- talk about. But so does the version on Spotify. Okay. The vinyl doesn't. So this contains one, two, three, four, five... Five Head Like a Hole mixes, two Terrible Lie mixes, so it's kind of like a Terrible Lie backdoor single in itself. Okay, this cat got to shut up. Um, oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> and three Down In It versions. It's like all the singles except Sin represented here. Yeah, basically. But before we get to the Head Like a Hole Halo, Head Like a Halo, <laughs> can I do my cleaning house things about things maybe we, that we missed last time yeah sure let's, like a let's, section a segment clean house what, what can we call it the okay i call i wrote down cleaning house corrections omissions so some kind of nine inch nailsy way to say it <laughs> you can just call it terrible lies um yeah there's there's got to be a lot of stuff about regrets right um we look like posers right now well, I'm so stuck on like Pretty Hate Machine. That's and, all I can think about. And all that could have been and what could have been was a better podcast. Just kidding. The main thing I wanted to say is more of a bit of news that I discovered. Yes, I was the first to discover that there is a hidden Prince sample within Sanctified. It's from the Prince song Kiss. It's this little sample that's hidden deep in the song i found it going through the uh stems or the multi-track files that i downloaded off of ninremixes.com or one of those sites wherever they have the rem- the multi-tracks hosted right now because they've had to go through several sites uh, anyway i put it up on reddit people said they hadn't heard that before so i think i think that's going to be our first bonus episode i'll upload me talking about how i found the Prince sample in there and kind of go through with little clips, uh, taking it apart, dissecting it mm-hmm. and whatnot. Okay. So there's that. I found a sample in Sanctified. He was so Huge proud of discovery. That day. Huge discovery. Like Christopher Columbus yeah. in here. Mm-hmm. I also, I think I, I said some things that made me look dumb. I'm just at my Trentini a little bit because I'm too sober. I said that I didn't think Trent. I didn't think it sounded like Trent Reznor played guitar on Pretty Hate Machine. Mm. And that was a stupid thing to say. Okay. Um, I can find no evidence that 
anyone other than Trent did the guitars on that album. Other than in the liner notes, Richard Patrick is credited with doing a drone guitar. I'm going to look at the liner notes right now, which I have in front of me. Yes, I think it's in, uh, is it something? It's the end of Sanctified. Yeah, it's the end of Sanctified into something I can never have, correct? Yeah, that's right. I had that noted, written down. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Drone guitar at the end of Sanctified. That's what the notes say, Richard Patrick. Um, No other specific guitar credits are given, I don't think, but... Especially when I got into the multi-tracks. Yeah, it's, it definitely sounds like Trent could be playing it. And I'll, I even have some clips that I'll play um, from Head Like a Hole. And I also found a thing where he said, I don't know where, some interview. He, I think he had only recently started learning guitar in, in the recent years leading up to Pretty Hate Machine. He thought that he sucked. He thought like real guitar players were going to like make fun of his playing on the album. And then he... After it came out, he was like, he was like, well, that's that's just bullshit because it it was fine, whatever. Um, he just was not sure of himself and his playing, but um, I think it works really well on the album, and I think it mostly is Trent. Uh, he just evolved his um, his skills and his style um, over the next few years, and I think they're mixed and affected really differently on Pretty Hate Machine than they are in, when he kind of gets a thing that he does later on. Do you have anything that you wanted to um, correct? Or? No, everything I do is perfect because I do a lot of research and take notes. Okay. So. Well, I yeah, this is my problem. I didn't prepare at all. The last thing I was going to say, I listened back to myself and it sounded like I was really dismissive about a lot of things. Maybe it's just because I had listened to the album too many times in a row, but um, it's such a great album. And I didn't give, I don't think I gave something I can never have enough props and people are probably going to think I'm an asshole like dissing the song but i'm not like it's obviously an all-timer right oh definitely yeah yeah like it's great um it's just it doesn't it doesn't bang it's not a club banger Mm -mm. and so uh you know you're not always in the mood for or i'm not sometimes i want something that bangs but if i'm in the mood for you know the the most moody ballad ever written then yeah i might put on something i can never have uh, but it's a very important song, so I don't I don't want to dismiss it. Yeah. I want to give it its due. I didn't see it that way at all. But oh, okay. Well, maybe good. we're just being oversensitive and hard on ourselves because we're afraid think, of yeah. how uh, people might yeah. react if anyone's listening. We could just be shouting into the void, but that's right. Maybe not. But anyway, on to head like a hole, the single EP LP, whatever you want to call it. There are many versions of this to exist. Maybe not many, but there is a UK one, excuse me, a UK one that I wish I had because the art is awesome on it. It's got the like neon pink and blue all over it. Mm -hmm. It's a really cool. Yeah. And cool yellow font. Well, apparently that was going to be the original artwork for even the American version, but TVT didn't want to spend that much money printing, so... So that's why everything had to be black and white because mm-hmm. they're cheap bastards. Yeah, okay. basically. So yeah, the uh, the American version is like a black and white thing with Trent's head kind of, or like Trent's face covered up in all the lyrics of the song, the little NIN logo, um, and then tell them about the we have the the only version we have is the Halo one through four box set, mm-hmm. uh, re release. And it includes a head like a whole 12-inch single, but the art, 
I don't like the art as much on it. It's just it's almost completely black. But the if you catch the the center glossy part and like the, it has to be like the right lighting, you can barely barely make out the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And I don't see a Trent face at all. No, it's a really weird. It's very. And dull. I don't know if that's what the original was like. I have no idea because it's I, supposed yeah. to be like the original. And the uh, version that we are used to seeing might be like the CD sleeve and also what they use on uh, streaming services. So, yeah. And the version we have has seven tracks and they're pretty long. Um, some of them get up to seven minutes. Oh, no, that's one of the down. It doesn't have the down in it mixes. One of the one of those is more than seven minutes. But there are some very long head like a hole and terrible eye mixes. Yeah. Over well, six minutes. Do we want to talk a little bit about the writing of this song, maybe? Yes, please. Well, okay. So the single itself, if we're talking about releases, and we're looking at the timeline and what's going on, it was released in uh, 1990. It was um, March 22nd, so it's the second single. The first was Down In It, and there were multiple producers. I think almost every producer from the album returned for the remixes, right? Was there anyone who wasn't a producer on the album that... Was included in the remix. I don't remixes? think so. So Flood worked on it. Keith uh-huh. LeBlanc worked on it. Did Adrian Sherwood work on it? Mm. He would be the only. Uh, he'd be the I only have one. Reznor, Flood, LeBlanc. Maybe there wasn't a Sherwood. I don't think he did that much. I'm I, pretty I, hate machine did. I don't know if he did any of the down in it because I didn't write those down because it's not on the oh, yeah. version that we have. So UK only, I think. Yeah. So Trent, when asked about this song and how it was written. Um, he claims that he wrote it in about 15 minutes in the his classic, bedroom. Classic <laughs> urban legend. Here's the thing, though. I can understand that because usually the things that you just kind of do off the cuff and are just written in like a quick, like inspirational burst that you don't think about and overanalyze tend to be like so easy to just put out there. And yeah. it's kind of. Especially if, if it's a pop song mm-hmm. with a limited number of parts. It, it really doesn't take all that long to technically write. And, you know, if the lyrics are limited, you're yeah. not you're not a rapper doing 80 bars. No. Yeah. And so Reznor himself has said that the fact that it um, became like this huge, well, it gained this huge reaction. It really pissed him off because he hadn't agonized yeah. over it like he had everything else, basically, that right. he had written in this album, I think. And it was maybe the last thing to be written for Pretty Hate Machine. Yeah. And I think it was like you said before, like he was like, I need a guitar song. <laughs> like, Yeah. And it's one of the most guitar heavy songs. Really just on the chorus, there's a guitar. The rest is, is synth and sample and drum machine. So uh, Rolling Stone wrote a article that I'll probably cite a lot from um, as I talk about this song, because it's just kind of about the writing of the song and the reaction it received and then it's continuing continuing legacy basically because it's a signature nine inch nails track right mm-hmm. it's like their teen spirit basically it's Would the one they that? play on the radio well it Cl- was until closer came out yeah. it was the one they played on the radio the most yeah um but they still play it yeah they definitely still do and so rolling stone described it as a combination of chain rattling drum machine patterns emo new metal and trap hip-hop all at once Trap hip hop, I don't know when the word trap came into play, but there is so much hip hop, especially just listening to that remix album that we just did. Mm-hmm. There's so much like 
late 80s early 90s hip-hop influence it's it's wild how how much he was into that at the time because it's all samples and yes mpcs and (laughs) And, uh gary newman himself who is one of trent's idols has called the song perfect um when interviewed and talking about nine inch nails um so nice yeah and it has kind of a, a strange legacy and i think Here's the thing is, is uh, whenever we first started talking, I was talking about like the politics of Nine Inch Nails and you and I kind of disagreed because you said they're not really a political band. And that's why they're not, you know, I mean, they're controversial in your opinion more for like the sex stuff. But this was like the second single. It's the intro to the first album. And it is totally a political like rallying cry. It's 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 a resistance song. Yeah, it's like it's a rebellious anthem. Mm-hmm. I did he I think he said like it was it's just kind of like anger at a very vague like anger at the ruling class and at money itself. Yeah. I Politics. Mean, the, yeah, <laughs> the lyrics are the first lyrics are God money. So yeah. the the god of money he is very angry at. Yeah. And he I also feel though and maybe you don't agree with me because you are you identify as a straight male and you're white. But coming from women and people of maybe um, obviously different sexualities and um, different ways of identifying themselves and, you know, different races, sex is political. So Mm. inherently it's political. Yeah. Women and, and people, even of certain classes, you know, your bodies are controlled and legislated and your access to birth control, which, by the way, men, you need to be more uh, helping us out with that. <laughs> like, you need like, to be on our side. You need to be pro-choice. Like paying for it and stuff? Oh. No, you need to support. You need to. I do. I vote to, for the pro-choice people <laughs> you in need general. to tell these people who are trying to fuck with birth control. And My thing is, uh, I can't stop the, the the bad men who want to take away your birth control. <laughs> I, uh, as much as I'd like to, and as much as I vote against them, I sadly can't, can't do much. Yeah. Well, just, it's... just little old me, but I do agree. Anyway, I do think that sex is inherently political whenever you sing about it. Or he definitely, write about it. especially if you're writing about maybe, um, I would say one of the reasons like WAP was so controversial was because it was women boldly talking about sex not in a very long time have people got that mad (laughs) over a a freaking song song. yeah or just a sex song in general right because sex is everywhere yeah so but it's fine if it's like chris brown you know but if it's two women talking about carnal desires and pleasures Mm -hmm. then they are ostracized or a you know um an openly gay black Right, uh, he just singer. wants to fuck the devil. So, <laughs> just, like, so, uh, excuse me, was Trent Reznor an influence who fucked the devil in the back of his car? Uh, I think Lil Nas, well, Lil, Lil Nas, Nas X and Eddie? and Trent Reznor shared a stage at the Country Music Awards. So, yeah. I mean, it all fits together nicely, doesn't it? <laughs> it all, it's all, yeah, yeah, it all connects. It all does. So, uh, I like to say, I'm going to say that Nine Inch Nails is a very political band. Even if Trent would not the say politics that. of fucking, yes, <laughs> and I mean some things. I I I would never say they're not a political band at all, 
but some things are less political than others. Of course, like when you get to year zero, that's very specifically political, right? Right. And these, a lot of these earlier things are more vaguely political and just very angry. Well, and also like even with teeth, you know, the hand that feeds. Yeah, that, a, yeah. So a lot of it, and yeah, and that and Year Zero are very angry at George W. Bush and the Iraq War and all that. And then the uh, bad witch EP. Um, Who's that angry at? Trump and the fucking yeah. deterioration well, of this country. Add violence. Add violence. That's also pretty yeah. angry at Trump. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, because you can't write about being, you can't write about your sad teenage diary forever. So you got to be angry about something else. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense he would go there. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of sad teenage diary, what 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 else do you have to say about the lyrics Aww. of this? Well, the one thing I did want to say is that you and I were talking, and um, we talked about how maybe upon the first couple times we heard the song, we misunderstood the mm. lyrics. Yeah. So I and, think everyone did. Yeah, right? maybe. So I heard, and you agreed with me that you also heard. Got money. Yeah, yeah. Got money. I'll do anything for you. you What's know. that song? What's the song about money? <laughs> I want money. That's what I want. That one. Isn't that a cover of a Beatles song? It's not Beatles. Okay. It's not Beatles. What is it? God damn it. Is it the, it's not the Kinks, is it? The Beatles did it. Money. That's what I want. You're probably right, and I'm a fucking idiot. It was like one of their early pop. I don't know if it was a cover of someone else's. Barrett so. Strong, a black man. Okay, that sounds racist. right. Racist. Hey, all I know is the Beatles version. So, yeah. And then the cover later on by the, the group that you're singing. The Beatles would never take a black man's music. <laughs> they would never. <laughs> and make it, try to make it their own. They would, they would never. I mean, I assumed it was a cover. I just... To spur of the moment, I didn't have time to look it up. And it's see. like a Motown song, I think. Yeah, so exactly. you know, it, it changed hands a million times. Okay, I'm sorry. You, I am so I am stupid. What the listeners need to know is that I am fucking stupid, and I'll say the wrong thing every time. The Beatles were one of the many people to cover it mm-hmm. in 1963. Who? But there was some weird like deadpan pop act in the 80s or some shit. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the pop act. What happens when you type in money? That's what I want. It was on the Empire Records soundtrack. I can tell you that. The Flying Lizards? Yes, I think that's it. The best things in life are... That's the one. Mm -hmm. I I just want to know, are there there, uh, similarities between this song and that one? Oh, well... Probably not. Probably not. It's just called Money. Pink Floyd. (laughs) Okay. Got some Nine Inch Nails inspired uh, drum what sounds. What year was this? Seventy nine. Oh wow. The best things in life are free. You know, Trent, listen to this. Jessica is mime is lip syncing this thing very, very animatedly. Okay, so it's yep. about it's about liking only you know only caring about money in a in a very t- sarcastic way, but that's not what this song is. No, saying. I blame my misinterpretation on the Got Milk ad campaigns of the nineties. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Oh, because oh, Got Money, Got, got milk. Money, Got Milk. Yeah. Yeah, but it's God God money, mm-hmm. and sometimes live he'll say, say God of God money of money, and he even says that on one of the versions, the Opal remix. Yep, where he re-recorded. Rather than using the same old vocal track, 
did a new vocal take for it. Okay. So, I mean, it's had a long history. It's been something that I don't think has faded away from the cultural conscience, really. Um, after 9-11, so Clear Channel released, sent a list of songs to all their radio stations that they owned, which there were hundreds, if not thousands, right? Because Clear Channel went in and bought like so many radio stations in the 90s. Yeah. So um, they banned several songs that they sent a long, long list to their radio stations, right? Um, These songs were considered lyrically questionable and were very considered insensitive to play after 9-11. So what would you think would be on there? Number one. 911 is a joke by Flavor Flav. (laughs) Well, number one, every single Rage Against the Machine song. Oh, okay. Okay. So, I mean, that's kind of obvious. This wasn't political at all, politically motivated. (laughs) No. So, but there are some weird things on here, right? So there's Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bengals. Because it's kind of in the Arab world, sort of? I guess. That was my only thought. That's fucking weird, So, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds? The Beatles. Uh Uh-huh. Wait, why? It's about drugs. Well... People are, you know, in the sky. Something in the sky. <laughs> I guess. Everything that takes place in the sky is yes. going to be banned. Spirit in the sky, banned. Actually, I don't know. I, that's just funny. a funny thing I just There's said. There's lots of things that are in the sky. Blue, uh, sorry, hold on. Blue oyster cult, burn in for you. Anything about burning. Yeah. Gotta go. But I do so love the uh, clip of Anakin Skywalker being yeah. consumed by flame Yeah. as that song plays over it. All right, Brilliant. I'm trying to think of what else now. What like, else do you uh, think was on there? Any song about the walls that are tumbling down. That might have been on there. I didn't write every single song down because there were hundreds. Um, okay, so here's another ridiculous one. Elton John, Benny and the Jets, and Rocket Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's another one that is really strange. Carol King, I Feel the Earth Move. Oh, my God. It's a love song, guys. Okay. Um, uh, okay, there's a in that Biggie song, uh, Juicy. He uh-huh. says, blow up like the World Trade. Shit. It's a reference to the 1993 bombing of yes. the World Trade Center. But if you hear it post 9-11, you're like, what? Yike. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it was banned. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. So um, Dave Matthews Band crashed into me. Insensitive. <laughs> uh, Good. I'm glad it was banned. <laughs> Van Halen's Jump. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> James Taylor, the most innocuous Leaving on a jet plane. Boring. That's Peter Paul and Mary. Oh, for, I'm dumb. See, okay. I'm dumb, folks. I'm a, I'm a himbo. No, James Taylor, <laughs> total himbo. But Leaving on a jet plane should be banned, right? I'm pretty sure it's Peter Paul and Mary. If not, it's a cover. It doesn't matter. So, James Taylor, Fire and Rain, the most boring, innocuous yeah. dad folk song. I seen fun, I seen exactly. Rain. Makes um, me think of terror. Martha and the Vandalas, Nowhere to Run, and Dancing in the Streets. Why? Why? Dancing in the Streets should have been banned in the summer of 2020 when people were out in the streets. Uh, it should have been know. banned when Mick Jagger and David Bowie did a cover of it in the 80s. Yeah. That's when it should have been Absolutely. banned. No offense, I'm a Bowie head. I just remember watching that video as a kid, and I was like, this is not good, fellas. Not good at all. Um, Right. Okay, Everclear, Santa Monica. And it took me a second to think of that, and I had to think of the chorus where it's just, watch the world die, right? Isn't that what he says over and over at the end? Watch the world die. Yeah. Yeah. So it has to be the chorus. So Nine Inch Nails had the honor. This was this whole segue is about, Head Like a Hole was banned after 9-11. Just because it sounds dark and negative. Like, so anything that's not... 
that's that's dark sounding has to go, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah, I mean, there are tons more. Actually, it's a really interesting list to read. So I would suggest looking it up because it is really kind of bonkers what I, was considered insensitive. I, we're old enough to have been in high school when this happened. I, Buddy, I was a sophomore in college. Are you fucking kidding me? No. You're not that. You are not much older than me. Okay, I was a junior in high school. I'm also like a late May baby. So like my cutoff is weird. But... Uh, I specifically remember a lot of people being mad about the song 911's a joke. That's Flavor Flav, right? Do you not know what I'm talking about? Oh my god, I'm going to have to play everything. I'm going to look it up Can just to verify. Can you leave it on a jet plane? Yeah, I will. Oh, it's it's not... I don't know why I thought it was Flavor Flav. What a stupid thing. It's Public Enemy. Okay, so is, it's actually Public Enemy. Okay, It's from Sorry. Fear of a Black Planet. Mm. God, Flavor Flav. Ugh. Woof. <laughs> Booth. <laughs> I dialed 911 a long time ago. Don't you see how late they're reacting? They don't mm-hmm. and they come when they wanna. So get the more truck and then bomb the corner. They don't care because they stay paid anyway. It's because flavor wraps it. That's why I thought it was. <laughs> I'm so dumb. I'm into it. Wait till the hook, though. It slams. So yeah, Peter. It is Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yeah, John, I, I John hear Denver this controversial has a famous song. cover. Want to hear this? See how insensitive it is. All my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. I'm standing. I'm a terrorist. <laughs> this is from the perspective of Al Qaeda. Okay, that must be what it is. But the dawn is breaking yeah, this is sinister. You know what's funny is like I know all these really bad, horrible, adult contemporary folk songs because it's what my mom listened to, and you are like this cool dude who knows fucking Fear of a Black Planet. I don't. I called it a flavor flavor song. Tell me that you I did listen to. Um, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back a lot when I was a teenager. Yeah, that's a. I'm, I'm more familiar with that one. I feel okay. Um, so yeah, uh, John Denver and many other people, of course, covered it. Mm-hmm. So this is this isn't a 9/11 cast, though. No, not at all. It's a cast where we are going to start talking about head like a hole. Should we talk about the album version first? Because we skimmed over yeah. it. Because you're like, oh, it's a whole separate Halo, but it's not included on the actual The actual album version is not on the single Halo, but Mm -hmm. a version that is very similar to it called Head Like a Hole in parentheses. Clay Mm -hmm. is the one used for the music video, and it's the same as the album version other than the intro has changed up a little bit, and um, the mix might be slightly different, and the outro, of course, kind of just resolves out and 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 rings out rather than of course transitioning into terrible lie that's the difference yes but uh no what i mean i i went through the multi-tracks of it because i downloaded the stems and i had some i found some interesting stuff but what what did you have well the first thing i just want to point out is can you cue up heart of glass by blondie just for a second i just want to hear the intro to it okay also a solid banger classic you know what the first thing that came up was Miley, Miley Cyrus. Cyrus's cover. <laughs> Don't get me started. We'll get into Miley later <laughs> in a big way. There it is. Okay. Okay. That little wood block. Uh huh. I would not be shocked if 
Okay, stop it. I would, not be, I would not be shocked if Trent sampled that specifically. Play the album version of Head Like a Hole. That little woodblock pattern. Did you just motion at me? I, no, I just... That, oh, the snare. Yes. I thought you Sorry. were like, cut it off. <laughs> no. <laughs> like trying to like, don't use hand signals at me. Talk to me. No, no. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, the little, the little click, click. Mm-hmm. Very similar. Yeah. Very. And we know that so many things are sampled. I would not be shocked. They sounded a bit different, but you know. Just also just reminiscent in how obviously just not reminiscent. Just very similar in how it's this like soft kind of yeah. poppy percussion. Mm-hmm. And that's how yeah. it started. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he had on his mind when he was writing it or creating it. So that was my first thing I wanted to kind of talk about with the album version of the song. Was there anything that you specifically wanted to point out? Uh, there are a lot of things. I mean, it's, it's great in so many ways. And let, let me just play a little more of the. So yeah, the, there's like some hand drum samples off some recording of somebody playing a bongo or something. This, this yeah, drum sample comes in. It sounds huge. Oh, okay, we'll we'll so talk about okay. we'll talk about that sample of the chanting. Yes. There's a lot going on, and then the synth bass comes in. Let me see if I have. I always love that synth bass line. It's so dark and cool. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, for the first time recently, I isolated it because I uh, downloaded those stems. And, uh, okay, this is what it sounds like by itself. Oh, man. It's like, it's a little different than I thought, but it's still really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's just still, like but... some keyboard patch or I don't know where he got it specifically, but it's cool. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll let it play a little longer. about worshiping money. Okay, right here. There's like a little synth thing that's happening in the background there okay. that I never really noticed until I, now I can't help but hear it, but when I pulled up the, uh, the, the stems, this little thing is going on in the background. It's like I've been listening to this forever and it, I find something new. And then the chorus comes in. So there's Trent on the guitar, right? Mm-hmm. Rocking out. Synths going wild in the background as well.
much cool stuff going on in that chorus. So I was able to listen to the guitar playing more carefully for the first time when I uh, isolated it, isolated the track. So here is that chorus guitar, and then I want to make a comparison that I found really interesting. Okay. So I learned what he was playing for the first time. That high crunch. Do you know what that, that sounds like? Okay, listen to this part again. Now listen to the song Wish. Go down a few steps. Same thing, just transpose down a few steps. But hey, it works, you know? Yeah, Wish is fucking great too. But so. I never knew that's what he was playing because it's so buried under all the electronic stuff going on. Yeah. Including the awesome synth line that's running through the chorus. Let's see if I have that. Here we go. It's cool. I wish I knew where that synth patch came from, but it's cool. Um, I've also got just some of the stuff going on in the background. Isolated. It's like from the intro. So some other weird voices. I don't know where those ones come from. Right, do you know? We do know where the... Like the... The main... Like, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the louder chant so the one i just played is more hidden but the loud chanting stuff in the beginning uh what is that from because we do know that one that's um it was sampled from the samburu warriors initiation from kenya yeah it was the, the samburu warriors initiation it says david fonche is who recorded it it was most likely probably like a an ethno musicologist which yeah. is like a dream job right who would do like um field recordings that kind of thing. And I have more on that in a second, but let me just play the clip. There's that guy. Recognize him. Yes. Yeah, obviously that plays a big part in the song. It reminds me of when uh, I was doing the podcast Discographology and we were talking about pure moods. There was a lot of similar stuff where they would take like recordings from an ethnomusicologist or someone who would go and record some kind of traditional or indigenous um, music or chant or vocals and then they'd slap it yeah. in a pop song. Can I say something though? I feel yes. like when they did it, it was far more cynical and exploitative. I think so, yes. <laughs> I don't think that uh, Reznor was doing any of that. I think no. he just thought this sounds really cool. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't think he's being offensive. The main thing is the problem with the pure mood stuff was that uh, nobody got paid or many of them never got paid or credited and people just kind of ripped off other people's work. And the only iffy thing about this is maybe that, that that's also the case with this one. I don't I don't know. I don't know I don't that know anybody how, ever got paid for it or royalties. I, just don't know how, I don't know how field recordings in general work. 
I don't think that the musicians get paid for them. I mean, there's even people who went around here and recorded like, you know, Ozarkian folk singers and things of that nature. I don't I don't know that they actually get paid for that. It's meant to be more just like a record, you know, to study or just to archive, you know. No, they don't get paid. The The question is, should they when it's put on a like a radio song that makes money? But how do you, you know? contact them if it was something that was recorded 40 <laughs> years ago? I'm, no, I, I'm not saying like I'm saying like I understand what you're saying. Should they get royalties somehow? Should we yeah. somehow figure out a way to make sure that musicians, no matter who they no are, no matter who they are or where they come from, are somehow compensated? Right. But I feel like this is. What? I feel like this is just very different from uh, Pure Moods. That This is definitely using a field recording. Were those field recordings? Some of them were. On, Some. Yes. Okay. And we're talking about like Inya, uh, or not, not Inya. Not Inya. Enigma, a, notor- a notorious German group who would not give attribution to or money to. Um, so they wouldn't even give attribution no, to. No, they would not even so give no one knows proper credit. where some of the artists they were using like where they got it they from. found out later okay and there were lawsuits there were mul- multiple lawsuits against enigma because of that nobody sued trent reznor for this as far as i know yeah um, let me actually can i look up the field recording the artist the... yeah that's fine because F- fanshaw was actually a composer and he was he had a fervent interest in world music and he died actually in 2010 um he lived from 1942 to 2010 and okay he lived in he visited egypt the uh, sudan uganda and kenya over a three-year period before finally reaching lake victoria he brought a small stereo tape recorder on his journey and would persuade local musicians to play for him returning to the united kingdom in 1972 with several hundreds of hours of recordings made during his travels he used the material to compose what became his best known work african sanctus so he used it in his work. I think this guy should have paid somebody. But at that time and that place, I think the attitude was just that, well, of course we don't have to pay him. Why would we? But I think hindsight is the ethical thing would have been yes. <laughs> because you're going to make money off it later. <laughs> anyway, I'm not I'm not mad at Head Like a Hole. I'm not mad at Trent Reznor. But it's, it is something to think about that I just thought was interesting. Um, you know, ethics and music. It's all so weird, isn't it? And there's still not ethics in a lot of things. Well, so. no, there's ethics in nothing. But don't, <laughs> don't we wish there was, though? Don't we wish? Um, I have a, some other interesting things. Okay. Uh, I want to play the isolated, Trent's isolated vocals from the chorus, just because they're so visceral and good and so heavily distorted. Um, I wanted you to hear what they sound like, the chorus vocals. Straight up, like, running through a distortion pedal, the grimiest. Really good screaming, though. Yeah. God, you know, I always wish that I could scream sing. I call it scream singing. Yeah. (laughs) Like, whenever I would sing along with Hole, like, I can't sing. Like, Mm. I can't scream sing like Courtney. She's amazing. I can't either at all, actually. Yeah, it bums me out to know. It's hard to do. It really is. It rips your vocal cords out, for one. I don't think Trent can do the chorus of this song anymore. It's hard to do it melodically, though, too. Yeah. Like, you can scream, but it doesn't mean that. And he was right on pitch there um, in that little thing I just played, which is impressive. 
I have something called background voices that I thought was interesting enough to pull out. Okay. Oh, this. I don't know where this comes from. Sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> it could be, yeah. It makes me think of Exorcist for some reason. What does it make me think of? Some kind of Western thing where like, Talking like a... the camera zooms in and someone's really angry. Who's the composer? Oh, Sergio? Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, Sergio Leone? Not, no, he's the director. Um, oh, shit. Man, I think he was. I think he did something on pure moods. That's why I'm mad at myself. Oh, Ennio Morricone. Ennio. Ennio? Okay. Ennio Morricone, a famous Western, spaghetti Western. He did scores for, for those and, and later stuff. Did he do the thing in Election? Yes. Okay. That, that, that was used from a score that he had previously. Okay. Yeah. That's the connection I was trying to make. Also, I think there's some stuff in Kill Bill that was lifted from okay. him, too. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. That, yes. like, angry theme. Um, and then, okay, the last thing that I had was the, the at the end of the song, it, it kind of rides out on these final vocals, and there's some noise with it that it, I just thought was really cool. So it's the Morricone thing plus plus Trent doing ah uh, and singing the postcourt and then ow, that it's my favorite part of the whole song. That's a lot of layers of Trent. So many. It's like the Trentception. And we got the Warriors again. And that's how the song ends, except, you know, there's guitar and drums and stuff. Okay. Well, is there anything you want to say about the album version? No, I think we... Okay. I've said plenty about it. Can we take a quickie break? Yes. And then we'll come back and talk just quickly about the remixes? All right. Back from the break, we've got refreshed liquids. We're recharged. <laughs> Still we're working on my we're ready to go. So the many let's remixes. Talk about these remixes, yeah. Yeah. What is there to say? Well, let's just start with playing, maybe going through them a little bit. So the first one, um, I vote though that we don't do the down in it because they've already been done. I no, yeah, we talked about them, but I I might play a few seconds of the one called demo because it was not on our okay. down in episode, and it's interesting enough to mention at least. Okay. So the first track is called. Had like a whole slate. I'll just play a. It's a Reznor flood. So it starts with that that part. Pretty similar, but mixed up. The biggest difference is the bass synth that I love so much has been replaced with that thing <laughs> that I consider kind of goofy. What's your opinion on it? I wrote, it? like the synth. That's uh, my only note for this song. Why do you like it? Because I'm not a big fan of the change. I just, um, I'm trying to think how to describe it. I just like how it's used. It's like, it sounds like a video game. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it might. It kind of sounds like uh -uh. an old video game, uh -uh. but I don't think that's a good change for. 
It's a remix, dude. I know. So, and the beat, it's, it's like not... a funkier beat. It's a syncopated beat rather yes. than the straight beat of the original. It's most of the same elements, but mixed around. Mm-hmm. It's a little more sparse in this part and in other parts. It's got a different percussive breakdown. What else did you write down? That's all I wrote. Okay. I really don't have a lot of thoughts on remixes for the most part. I mean, my my thought on the remixes as a whole, can I say that? Can I tell you that my favorite remix is not on the American release? Yeah, I, yeah. Agree, I agree. The best one is not, and it's called Opal. It's we'll get so to good. that. Okay. The All the ones on the American version, Slate, Clay. So they're all named after um, crafting materials from video games that you would make like an axe out of. Slate, clay, opal, <sighs> copper, copper, soil, soil. So Minecraft stuff. It's probably where he got it. Yeah, he got it from Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my opinion is that these are all very similar, not all, not wildly different from the original version. Just some things are changed around. <laughs> and I like uh, remix albums are a thing that he continued to do. With albums as he moved I along. I feel like, was his last full remix album, was it the one for Year Zero? I think so, yeah. Because there were remixed tracks on like the deluxe edition of Hesitation Marks, but not right. an entire album. Right, right. It, yeah, well, Year Zero is the last full remix album, okay. I believe. And that might be my favorite remix album, but I don't want to make any claims. I need to give it more list. Like Further Down the Spiral, I think is awesome. Things Falling Apart, the remixes of The Fragile is awesome. Um, there's a... The broken one called Fixed is good. Those are like wild reinterpretations, sometimes done by other people. Yeah. See, the thing is, these are all done by people who already produced the album. Right. So, yeah. On later ones, he lets other people come in and mess with them. Yes. And do interpretations that are very different and interesting. These are very similar long dance remixes that you could like play in the club. They're they're all pretty long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's it's all you know it's like a twelve inch club mix of something that you put yeah. on to let people dance and the groove is a little funkier but it's very yeah. sim- similar. I it, I get really bored. L- I listening think to I wrote that thing. my favorite was Soil. Oh, out of these, uh-huh. other Maybe. than Clay, which is the version used for the music video, yeah, which is almost exactly I, like that. Yes, I I wrote down Soil is my favorite, and it's because of one tiny thing. <laughs> Because it does a little pause. It does an unexpected pause, which is something I've always loved. For example, like to demonstrate how kind of samey they are. Here's that intro for Slate again. Now I'm going to play the intro for Soil. Yeah. Okay, it's the same one, but there's an effect on the vocal. And let me play the intro for Clay used in the music video. Like, yes. it's just different cuts of the same thing with stuff moved around. They're they're slightly different lengths. And though I love Head Like a Hole, by the time I've listened to this whole single or this whole 12 inch, I'm very tired of I'm Head done. Like a Hole. I am so done. Done for the evening, man. Like, it, it's unlike those remix albums like Further Down the Spiral and Things Falling Apart. This is not fun to listen to straight through like those are. <laughs> well, it's like you said, because of the very, the varied interpretations, because they're done by people who are outside and yeah. are coming in yeah. and looking at it from a different perspective. And, and to be fair, this is interpretations of just three songs, yes. but 
but still it it gets boring there go ahead do you mind playing a little bit of um i guess soil until it gets to the part that i want to the little stuttery part yeah the sudden pause when does that come in it's I feel like it's slightly early, but don't. there okay so <laughs> people on the dance floor are like what, what? <laughs> did the system I, shut down i've always loved whenever there's either a, a pause sudden pause that's unexpected like you're not you know what my favorite pause is what doesn't it make you feel better and like eight seconds later <laughs> dang <coughs> did i make the trentini too strong tonight god damn it <laughs> You okay? Yeah, I, I just shouldn't talk and drink at the same yeah, time. Yeah, maybe you should wait on God that. God damn it. <laughs> your voice is so straight. But I wanted to tell a story about my friend Stacy, and it's mainly because of this song. Those are not as long. Oh, it's garbage. Yes. Okay, so... It's not as long it's, at all. It's still good. I love the production on Garbage. The self-titled album. Okay, so. The song she just played is called Super Vixen, by the way, off their first album. Yes. Right? So I had a friend who would come over and hang out with me. I don't know. I had a gang of girls that would come over and hang out with me after summer gym. And we would just rock out in my room because the apartment that we lived in was close to the junior high. So we would just walk back to my apartment and I would we would just listen to music. And I remember putting on Garbage super like because that's track number one and so she would i swear it took her like a, a few times to realize that the cd wasn't skipping because she would literally get up and go check oh my god that's yes. barely a pause at all barely it's a, it's a barely, pause, it's but, a it's pause a, but it's barely a pause she just would literally get up and run to the cd player and she's like your cd player's skipping and i'm oh like no god. it's not you want to know my favorite long pause in recent memory i think this rivals uh this is up there with march of the pigs okay you know what it is no bad guy at the end of the song, before the final coda part, it goes down, 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 down. Pause, pause, pause. Boom. Boom. I love it because they played it on the radio. Unlike March of the Pigs. I don't listen to the radio, so I well, wouldn't know. Bad Guy was, for one summer, it was on very heavy radio ro rotation. Um, and so it forces the radio station to play silence for several seconds, which is what what radio corporations hate more than maybe anything on the planet. Like, um, it, it physically pains them to have air space that's not filled up with endless chatter. So I just, I like that the song makes them do that. Mm -hmm. I just like unexpected pauses and that one like I was the first time I heard that I was like oh not expecting that at all yeah and then boom just back to it so um the the more interesting version of head like a hole is the one called opal 
right? Yes. What do you think is more interesting about this one? I feel like it's very schizophrenic. (laughs) I don't know if that's like a a word that is used. It just sounds so... It's all over the place. ...different from every other... Like, it sounds like a completely different song, right? So... It sounds... I mean, it's got the elements, but it's... It's definitely what I think of when I think of remixes, right? So it's It's just, more like the later, it's like a re reinterpretation or reimagining because he's recorded new vocals. It's all different stuff, but it is the same song. I'll just play part of it. I mean, look so, at, listen to that. That's an early 90s breakbeat right there. And he's whispering the, the vocals. pretty cool it's honestly really sexy yeah (laughs) like i never thought of head like a hole as a sexy song until i heard this remix it's definitely a sexier version it's kind of like the first time i was dating a guy who really loved soul music and he played me marvin Gaye's yesterday and i was like i never thought yesterday was sexy and made me want to bone until marvin Gaye sang it so Certainly not. Same goes for this. Those vocals are wild. Yeah, everything's different except, you know, the lyrics and stuff. Was this one done like way later, you think? Because the UK version came out later. Came out a little bit later. It's not like it was five years later. No, but... (laughs) Hold on. It was 90 or 91. I don't know. It says God of Money. Mm-hmm. This sounds a little bit more like later Nine Inch Nails. Except for that that wild breakbeat thing. Oh, it was almost a year later. See, I, I thought it was 14th. later. It was like almost a year and a half later. September 14th, 1991 in the UK. Okay, so yeah, way later. Yeah. So yeah, he had more time to think on it, I guess, and come up with something different. Well, he'd probably been playing it live for like yeah, true. a million shows at this point, you know? So maybe so he was bored. So he was and... bored of it, maybe, and really ready to play with it. <laughs> I didn't mean that to sound bad. No, I, that's <laughs> why. That's why it's the sexy version. I like this little. See, this looks. This almost sounds like it could belong on "Broken" or "Downward Spiral." Yeah, definitely. That that little line, at least. All these noises. This is all new stuff. Whereas the other remixes are just this, this, the stuff we've heard over and over, just kind of mixed around. Yeah, different effects on the vocals. Or... Yeah, slight tweaks in the synths and all that. But this is new material, so it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I like the end of it. Can we play the end of it? Yeah. It's completely different. It sounds like a nightmare. That's what I think. Kind of like broken sounds like a hellish nightmare. Yes. I could get into this. Yeah. 
this vocal part reminds yes. me of something. It comes up in the mix, right, until it's the only thing you hear? Yeah. Saying you know who you are. This is... Who, who do you think he's talking to? I don't want to be on the Somebody, whoever that. that is. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. He's, okay. He's, so, almost forgot. Head Like a Hole has some of those extra lyrics mm-hmm. in the Pretty Hate Machine lyric booklet. And the extra lyrics at the end are, you know who you are. As far as I can tell, you don't hear that lyric sung in the original version at all. Mm-mm. But it's in this opal version and um there's also an instrumental remix called you know who you are there are no vocals in it but it's an almost six minute long instrumental like dance dub mix yeah i think my only note for that was long instrumental exactly yeah i i think the one that's called opal could have been called you know who you are (laughs) it's more (laughs) interesting yeah but you know i don't know Um, also you know what else has Extra lyrics that I think we forgot. Uh, down in it. Terrible lie. Oh, okay. No, I we and, talked about those. And they're my favorite because the extra lyrics at the end of Terrible Lie say, "Hey God, I really don't know who I am in this world of piss." Yeah, <laughs> that's good. It doesn't rhyme. It doesn't fit. But yeah. I like anything that's talking about the world of piss. <laughs> I wrote it down. I guess we didn't talk about it, so I lied. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to miss out on that. Let me, down in it. Let me look at the end of down in it. This booklet is a mess. If you could even, it's a fold out. It's not a booklet. No, I don't think there, there's anything. No, extra I don't think there was anything in extra in down in it. Um. So what do you think of the, there are two terrible lie mixes on this halo called sympathetic mix and empathetic mix. Yeah. The only thing I really noticed, I mean, I thought they were... I mean, they're, they're the same song, in they my are. opinion. The only thing is like the those whispers of I give you everything, my, my sweet, sweet everything. everything. Instead of having those like super layered at the end, they bring yeah. They bring them up in the mix and, and they are located either in the chorus or at the beginning. Exactly, yeah. Yes. And I, I kinda like that about it. I do. But again, there's nothing new. It's just the mix is kind of being shuffled around. Um, and it's stuff we've heard, but just in a different order and in a different position in the mix. The sympathetic mix has a more sparse chorus that kind of inspired the way they play it live. Um, and I, I'll play just the maybe the first part of Terrible Life Sympathetic Mix. I don't like any of these as much as the original. And I think it uh, kind of neutered the snare drum. It took the decay off of it for all my... Uh, from my audio nerds out there, hang on. So yeah, sounds the same. But once you hear the snare. It's like, where'd my snare's decay go? <laughs> but very, very similar. I'll play the beginning of the chorus part it's because they make it sparse and take away aspects Terrible 
And then if this were live, the guitars would come in right here. But yeah, um, yeah, so you can yes. hear the whispers. It's even louder, I thought, in the... Is, are you playing the sympathetic mix right now? Sympathetic, yeah. Okay, play empathetic. Yeah, empathetic. A needlessly long six minutes, 17 seconds. And again, it's still the same type of stuff. I feel but, like those whispers are even louder in this yeah, one. Yeah, at some part. But I mean, you could use them as club mixes. Right there. They're at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I just wrote that I was bored and it's long. As much as I love Terrible Eye, I'd rather just listen to the original. I don't want to dance to this song. I want to beat someone up to this song in a pit. That's yeah, want. you want to threat. That's why they, you know, used to always open with this at shows. Yeah. Um, I would have preferred a reinterpretation called World of Piss. <laughs> Maybe it'll still happen. Uh, can I play just part of the down in it demo? Yes. Just starts right off there with the rapping. Then we'll play the, the purest feeling version, of course, on another episode, which is even weirder. It, it kind of sounds like they just took the down in it album mix and made it way more minimal. They just removed a lot of stuff and made it more sparse and quiet. Or they just took the demo and added more shit and made it. I think these vocals are the same vocal takes as from the album. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, it's Did I tell you that? So a couple weeks ago, we're both vaccinated now. And we went <laughs> and hung out with my family for the first time in... A long time and had like a pizza party right mm -hmm. and my oldest niece is getting interested in music her favorite all-time band is the killers she mm -hmm. loves brandon flowers and i'm trying to introduce her to other things and I've i tried to tell her that that's not right <laughs> i played down in it for them and i think they were very confused by it did you mm -hmm. you i, I don't Was know I what you were doing you were I mean, I played it on my phone while, like, Remy oh, was in yeah, my lap. Yeah, you can't play it on your phone. You got to put it on the, the hi-fi and blast it. She was interested in watching that video and watching him run around. And you was, can't show a kid the down-in-it snuff film? Come they on. They don't know what that is. They just see dudes with oh, hair man. and leather running around in don't a Don't show them the head like a whole video. They'll that get is, scared. No, I won't. I think Down In It is the safest Nine Inch Nails song you can play to a child, though, Probably. because it has the limerick at the... The limerick. The, not the limerick, the nursery but the rhyme. little nursery rhyme Kids at the love... End. Seven-year-olds love nursery rhymes. <laughs> so I'm trying. So in about five more years, whenever she's 14, I'll, I'll introduce her to Head Like a Hole. So, you know. Speaking of videos, what did you think of the Head Like a Hole music video? So my boy likes to play in a cage, right? Yeah. They're in a cage again. Well, for the live performance parts. Yeah. So yes. it's it's made up of like two parts. One of them, the, the band is, is playing or pretending to play live. And once again, we have Chris Verna and Richard Patrick and then... Trent with dreads. Martin. <laughs> Trent, Trent with dreads. A very and strange haircut. <laughs> Martin Atkins. 
Who's that? There are two drummers, if you yeah, noticed. Yeah. They're sitting back to back. They're sitting back to back. Yes. So is, one is Chris and one is Martin. It almost looked like maybe one of the drum kits was an acoustic drum kit and the other one was an electric drum yes, set. That's what it looked like to me. Okay. And they're all covered with like they're covered in wires. Wires and tape. Like like, like, like cassette VHS tape? looking yeah, or cassette tape. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing. They're like bathing in wires and, and tape, yes, magnetic I wrote tape. Cyberpunk question mark. Actually, yeah. I didn't think of that, but there there so there's this like cyberpunk looking head that's rotating in the, throughout the whole video and, the and there si- are different heads right so there's like the head that has like cogs so like yeah. the head will spin but every head is different my favorite head is the head with the light bulb right that spins around <laughs> and then you see because they're like hollowed yeah. out and they they spin yeah and it kind of at some points it kind of looks like trent's face is on the head yes and it also reminded me hey you know what other video has a spinning head closer where there's a spinning pig's head on Pig a stick head. yeah so i don't know if that's supposed to be that way um i i said that it it looks very high tech in those portions when the there's like the robot head spinning around mm-hmm. and there's all these flat i was gonna have a seizure off of these flashing strobes and stuff yeah there were some flashing strobes with like there were also uh like kind of like screenshots that would come up very quickly kind of like they reminded me of yeah. like closer with like the missing what what is that called where it's like the the background it looks like almost like an announcement or like a radio I, like the card that says the, the card title? that comes up and will say just random words like a title head. card a title in card. the video is it still called a title card yeah I think so okay well it would just pop up and say like head and head like a hole yes. There was are it, was, several of them throughout really the fast? video. Yes. Okay. I maybe I'm, I'm so dumb that I missed. There it. are several of them, and they all have different like in, okay. like words. Well, on them. a lot of stuff is happening on the screen. Like there old, is old black and white clips of so, creepy things. The one of the black and white clips is just of Trent, and he is mm. lowering his hat into like a bucket of water and flicking <laughs> yeah. it back up, so like his dreads are just like spraying oh, water everywhere. And oh. then the other is someone just dunking water on his head. Yeah. Right. Like a bucket of water just dumping it on him. And it's black and white. And then the other black and white footage in the film or in the in the music video is they are video clips from Maya Darren's unfinished documentary on voodoo rituals called Divine Horsemen, the Living Gods of Haiti. So whenever you see this 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 figure, I believe it's a man, it's black and white, it looks old. It's hard to tell. And he's got like a staff or something and he's kind of swirling it. Around uh-huh. that is what you're watching are images from that documentary. Interesting. Yes, I, th- I thought it was like old, like war footage or something. <laughs> I don't know. Looks like it's yeah. So yeah, it's an interesting video. Um, and then at at the end, Trent is ensnared in his own lengths of wire and cassette tape, <laughs> and he like is drawn up toward the ceiling in this like snare of tape and wires. Yeah. And once again, like it's like in a like in a domed cage, kind of like the like Wish Thunder, video. Thunderdome. Well, Wish is based on Thunder Thunderdome, Dome, right? But this also has a cage, but you can barely see it. Yeah, you, you, it's not as apparent. No, it's not like there was a crowds of like bloodthirsty people it, surrounding them. Like it in looks the Wish like video. they're playing to no audience. There, well, there literally is no audience. But they're still in it. Yeah, but there's still if there are certain cuts where you can see like the bars of yeah. like the cage. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. In the background. Yes. So he's like lifted up. And he is swirling around and he's dropped his Jackson Dinky guitar. Mm, yeah. I've, Jess actually looked it up. He's playing a Jackson Dinky, which 
if you don't know, I had to look it up. It looks like a Stratocaster, but more uh, more spiky. <laughs> and it has a headstock that is like a really spiky triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it when you see it. I don't know what anyone else is playing. The drums are very weird. <laughs> the drums are weird. Uh, but cyberpunk is an extremely apt way to describe it. I wish I had thought of that word. You're welcome. What, especially when you look at the hair. Just go and watch the video. You're going to think cyberpunks. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's Richard weird. Patrick has kind of his weird haircut too, right? And then I don't even know what he has. There's Chris Vrenna, who I think has like it's like short and dyed you black. You said he was oh, which one's looking like Sting? You said I, I think that is Martin Atkins, who is looking like Sting. I was like, who's that Sting looking motherfucker back yeah, there? Yeah. <laughs> like he has glasses on and like I don't know, maybe it's more George Michael looking than Sting. I don't know. He's blonde. Yeah. Blake is dismissive. He's blonde. Whatever. We don't need blondes and nine inch nails. Okay. Okay. So we didn't talk about a lot of the samples that were used in some of these remixes. Um, The one that had the most samples was Opal, which is also the one we deemed most interesting. It's all new material. So yes. And those they had samples from Prince. Um, two actual samples from Prince, one called Tambourine and one called Release It. And then the wrong name and the wrong number by Mark Stewart is also sampled. And if you want to listen to those, I don't know if Blake got those ready or not. Um, no. If not, it's not a big deal. But if you actually want to hear what those sound like, I have a Nine Inch Nails samples playlist on Spotify called NIN Samples. So feel free. They're all in order by Halo, as we've discussed it. And I also added Kiss for you, Blake, um, since you did discover oh, that I, sample. You're welcome. I, I discovered it, folks. Mm-hmm. Does your playlist have... The, the drum sample from the copper version, at the end, there's a shuffled drum beat. And do you know who that sample is taken from? It's Queen. Yeah, that's right. And I don't have the song title. It is um, called Body Language. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So you can hear the, dr- the sh- shuffled little uh, drum sequence and you hear the tail end of Freddie Mercury about to shout something and then it loops and... Uh, and then they lay the the bow down before the one you serve vocals over that. It's a really strange choice for how to end that remix, but at least they're doing something different and interesting. Can you pull that up real quick? Yeah. Trent really must have been into Queen around he this time. He said he fucking loves Queen, dude. He loves Queen and Prince. Like, they're Queen, all over the place. Prince. Okay, the end of Copper, which is a six and a half minute song. It may take a second here. You hear him? Yeah. Can I ask you a question? What? Does it ever make you sad when bands with a legacy like Queens and with a vocalist and frontman like Freddie Mercury, right, who is just untouchable, you know, just a, a, a legend? Mm-hmm. Does it make you sad when that band who still exists because of the tragic, sad, untimely, early death of their front man, right. enlists Am- Adam Lambert to replace mm. him in tours as Queen? I mean, I'm not going to go see them. If they want to do that, that's fine, but I'm not going to I feel like other bands have it. done that that don't have like the um, prestige of Queen, like Journey, maybe. Yeah. 
and stuff like that. Like, like I, don't, I don't give a shit. But like uh, for Queen, I'm like, oh, you guys. I, I mean, I understand just loving music and wanting to perform. Maybe. No, he's irreplaceable. Obviously, yeah. you can't you can't just replace him. So it's weird that they tried, but. I guess they wanted to make money. I mean, replace Steve Perry all you want. but <laughs> I mean, people, these people, they love money. I feel that's... like Brian May is not hurting for money, but that's just me, right? Like, like, they have like... I honestly think it's just touring and loving to play music and still getting high, still getting the high off like that audience reaction. I think it's a lot of rich people have a boat, but they want a bigger boat. <laughs> okay. They have a summer home, but they want like a second summer home. I, I think it's that type of thing. I think it's like, but God, not just, God money, I'll do anything for you, man. I mean, you got it. All comes around. But for me, it's like, why not just enjoy your first summer home with your family? Well, maybe they hate their family. They, maybe, maybe that's the I issue. mean, yeah, they're old. <laughs> they, yeah. So, so we many, talked about the video. We, we talked covers? about, I think, yeah, we can move into like the legacy, right? I've had like a whole... Well, what do you mean by the legacy? Uh, just how, well, how it's been interpreted and, and the cover versions that we've um, discussed, or well, we haven't discussed yet, but we will get into, because it is the most covered Nine Inch Nails song. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought maybe it'd be closer, but closer is hard to cover. I feel like, well, I mean, for maybe like mainstream bands, it's the most covered by mainstream bands is what I'm trying to say. I'm sure there are plenty of people on YouTube who have covered closer who are not an AFI or a Buck Cherry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I introduce, can I, if we're going to do covers. I'd like to call this section cover me. Come on, baby. <laughs> if you know, if you get that, you get that. Okay. What, what were you going to look up? Um, AFI did a cover. You want me to go ahead and play some of it? Yeah. Play a little bit. for the vocals just a minute I wrote uh, this is my favorite <laughs> I'll give it a pass okay uh, and by that I mean I pass on it okay you ready look up D Snyder it's a no f- buddy I already know that this is a no for buddy, me dog I'm gonna say it's better than Devo's look up D Snyder no, disagree <laughs> can I say by the something? way this was 2004 the one the AFI one's 2004 okay Okay, should I play D. Snyder's mm-hmm. Head Like a Hole? That's very weird that he did this, but okay. Head like a hole! Oh my. Ooh, that, that synth bass. Hang on. Did you not hear me say this? It's not as bad as you think? When was this done? Okay, don't necessarily love the vocals, but no. I'm not a twisted sister person anyway. <laughs> I just like the music. The arrangement. Album We Are the Ones 2016. Holy shit. Okay. Uh is this a cover album or something? Or? I'm not certain. I don't know much about it. 
trying to look it up here. You see what else is? We okay. The song "We're Not Gonna Take It" is on uh, this album. <laughs> is it a revisioning? A what? What was that word? I said revisioning. <laughs> Folks, we've been drinking. <laughs> this this may or may not be a cover <laughs> album. Re-recording? Did he cover himself? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say that he's creatively bankrupt, and therefore, yeah, he okay. probably is just going to the. A the friend old asked well. me. We were messaging each other day, and he's like, "Do you think Hollywood just broke Tim Burton?" And I'm like, "No, I think he's creatively bankrupt. Like the man yeah. could do whatever the fuck he wants. He's he, had a long ass career. He directed Batman, dude. Look. Okay. People, you're not. You don't get to have. You're not owed more than one masterpiece in your life. Like he you're had lucky, several you know. masterpieces. Right. So. And he has money. He doesn't need to keep making movies. I understand doing it for the love of it. And obviously he thinks Dark Shadows is great and it's not, well, but whatever. Do you, he probably knows it's not good, right? Well, I don't know. Do I do Buck Cherry now? Uh, go. Can we go to Devo yeah. first? Because I want to tell a Buck Cherry story. I've heard this Devo one a long time ago and I think I remember. I do like Devo. I like the, uh, we're a Devo family. We're a Devo. We are, De- this is a Devo household. Uh-huh. In this, in this, in this household, house, we believe science is real. Uh huh. Black Lives Matter. And Devo is a great band. <laughs> <laughs> and also that we want. We believe that we are not men. We are Devo. That's right. Okay. The sounds. It's not bad. So far, I like it. Just give it a second, because you won't like it after a minute. I Trent think. didn't like this one, did Trent he? hated this. But he, he likes Devo. He loves Devo. He didn't care for the he cover. He said, I'll wait until after. Okay. So far, no, so no, good so to far, me. No, so far, so good. I agree. Just wait. This is good. I like that guitar. I do, too. I think it's that, right? It's Devo. It's not. It's not shocking that Devo would sound like that vocally. Hold on, just give it a second. (laughs) I dig it. Whatever. Fuck off. I like it. Give it a minute. (laughs) This slaps. They're trying to be pretty like faithful this, to it. I like the second chorus. I say there are three choruses. Kinda. Uh-huh. Okay. 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 So Trent said, "Imagine my thrill when they were covering head like a hole. The thrill lasted right up to hearing the second bar, but they're still awesome." Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's very Devo, but I, and I dig parts of it, but the God money, I don't know. <laughs> After hearing the. I wouldn't expect anything different for them to do some okay. goofy vocal. Um, okay. Buck Cherry time. <sighs> the best one. The best one. I put best by AFI, but also well, I've heard corn covered it. So I'd like oh to, my. do you want to, do you want to try that first? All right. I, I don't know if that's I, true. I just I, discovered that right before we started recording. So. I'm gonna say it's not true. 
Corn N-I-N here like a hole to stay mashup? No, that's not it. Here like a hole? It's a mashup. There's no head like a hole whatsoever? Nothing comes up on YouTube. Mm, okay, maybe they... YouTube has everything. Maybe, I don't know, Blake. Okay, cut all that out then. Okay, so... I, I want to see where this goes. Just just let me let me hear the vocal come in. No, that's a, that's gonna be a no from me, dog. I think I just read this on the wiki, not NIN wiki, but just normal Wikipedia. Okay, we cannot trust any wiki that's not the NIN wiki. Okay. Okay, sorry. Buck cherry time, baby. Oh God. <laughs> he said it feels like the song is his and that it was something oh, he wrote. Fuck the guy off. who wrote. Are you Johnny? The Cash? guy who wrote Crazy Bitch. What an idiot. feels like he could have written head like a yeah, hole. Suck it, anyway. buddy. Why does everybody need to make it so goddamn metal? I mean, I know it rocks, but do you have to be like, we're gonna make it even more metal, man? Can you do something else? And then some utterly neutered vocals come in. At least Trent had real anger and passion in the vocals. That's because, okay, let's talk about the politics of this song. This song was recorded during 9-11. What were you going to say? No, it was like the end of the Reagan era, the beginning of the Bush H.W. Yeah. Okay. George H.W. Bush era, right? It was the end of the Reagan 80s. In the Rust Belt, where... The, it was the beginning of the decaying and the closing of American factories and steady jobs and work and people were really fucking hurting. And I feel like that song, when Trent wrote it, really did come from a place of anger because yeah. he was yeah. living in a decaying community. Yeah. This fucker singing the song is a rich piece of shit because he wrote a song called Crazy Bitch. Ugh. Okay. Um, can I do... Okay. Wait, can I go on my Buck Cherry yeah. story just real quick? Yeah. Listen, there's not a lot of celebrity run-ins you have in Springfield Mo. Maybe once I sold a John Waters book to the lead singer of Motion City Soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, maybe one time I ran into Weird Al just hanging uh. out at the Barnes & Noble where I worked Maybe I got a picture with him and it's really cute and I have emo hair and it's adorable. We should put that up on our Insta if we have one by now. Okay. It is a cute picture. Yeah. So not a lot of celebrity run-ins. There was a time when my besties and I would hang out at Pat and Alley Pub quite a bit. Um, We'd go there. They had good happy hour specials and we were poor. So we're sitting. Pat and Alley has these humongous tall booths, right? Where... If you're sitting in them and you're of a normal height, even Blake, could you see over them to other tables and stuff? Um, no. And they're, you're tall. Yeah, but they're like taller than my head when I'm yes. sitting down. So whenever you sit, you're like in your own little it's world. Private. It's very private. And so my friend Robin, she's my roommate at the time. We're both sitting there. We're drinking. We're talking. We're having fun. And I, at the time, was also working at T-Mobile 
And so my job mainly consisted there of parents calling and bitching about their children downloading <laughs> ringtones all the time, right? <laughs> and I feel like the number one... Okay, there were two ringtones I remember parents calling about and being like, I want a refund. It was uh, one Fergie. Was, uh, <laughs> one was buy you a drink. Oh, my God. Shit, what am I thinking of? What's the and Michael the other one? was Crazy Bitch. Oh, my God. By Buck Cherry. Like, my humps. People... Wasn't my humps? I think so. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, Crazy bitch ringtone? Yeah. Like, well, okay. Was it like the MIDI sounding? It was. Or the actual audio? It was actual audio. Okay. So it was at the point where It'd it wasn't MIDI funnier. anymore. It was actually like the audio. And people would call in all the time. And you could see stuff they downloaded. Excuse because me. My bill says she fucking hates me. <laughs> $20? What? Five or whatever it was. I don't remember. She fucking underscore hates me dot MP3. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> But crazy bitch, I would have, and so many women, by the way, who would call would have that because you could look because they would call and say, oh, my ring, the ringtone I just downloaded didn't download right. And we could resend it to their phone. And it was always crazy bitch, right? Like Buck Cherry must have made millions just from the ringtones on that. Anyway, Lord, the only song I knew about Buck Cherry at the point was the song that was, um, the chorus is just, I love the cocaine. I love the cocaine. I love the cocaine. Yes. And they were being heralded as like the comeback of LA metal, right? Like Guns N' Roses oh, good. type. Yeah. Oh, great. So. The, not Guns N' Roses. You you think, because they're not LA. Yes, they are. Oh, why do I associate with them with Seattle? Because it's grungy or it was related? Never mind. Never mind. Don't listen to what I say. I'm stupid. No, no, let's let's get this fair. Axel Axel is a Axel's a good Midwestern boy who migrated to LA. We're thinking of Motley Crue is like the epitome of shitty LA garbage, right? I mean, there were a ton of metal bands of that era. True. You know, LA guns (laughs) for one. Skid Row. Um, I don't know about that. Uh Faster Pussycat probably. Yeah. Um, I don't know about Cinderella. Anyway, there was a huge LA hair metal scene. Um, but they were heralded as like the return of like the kind of Guns N' Roses type metal that wasn't just like, you know, the hairspray metal and the makeup metal of like poison, you know? It's the tall top hat metal and the uh, <laughs> bandana metal. So uh, just the fun and excess and, and the partying and the drugs that rock and roll was missing, right? This band had. So anyway, Robin and I are at Pat and Alley and I get up to go pee and I notice in the bar and I kind of glance over, I'm like, holy shit that's buck cherry like i recognize because i used to subscribe to like a million music magazines i'd read about this band even though i didn't like them whatever and i was like fuck this buck cherry like why was buck cherry at our local bar because they were playing somewhere in springfield do you think i cared about them enough that i knew they were playing well i don't know yeah so um i went to pee and i came back and sat down and my friends and I were there so often that we had like servers that we really liked a lot, you know, and would tip really yeah. well, whatever. And they were so horrible to a server. Oh my God. Our favorite server, by the way. After they left, she literally just sat down at the table with us and just smoked a cigarette and was like, fuck. Oh my God. <laughs> like they were so stressful and they were so horrible to her. And she said that they didn't even tip. So. Of course not. Anyway. Buck Cherry's canceled. Buck Cherry's been canceled. Since the beginning, <laughs> if you want hey, my opinion. Well, ooh, that's a good album title. I need to write that down. Born canceled. 
Let me put that in my notes app. Is that not a Netflix comedy special yet? Born canceled. It should be. I'm I'm writing that down for my mm. comedy special. Okay. Um, can I share my favorite interpretation of Head Like a Hole? Yeah. And it's it's pretty recent. Here we go. Now see, ooh, at least it's doing something different. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, it's meant to be very tongue-in-cheek and a total perversion of the, the yes. song. Why? What is this song, Blake? And why was it recorded? This is called "On a Roll" by Ashley O, which is a fictional character from a episode of Black Mirror starring Miley Cyrus. Miley is singing it here. Um, this part's good. <laughs> you know, it's all about ambition and loving yourself and really being a girl boss, I think. Girl uh, bosses are all canceled, by the way. So. <laughs> oh, no. Mm-hmm. That's true. They're yeah. all... All girl bosses are small business tyrants. It's true. They're all Depop business owners who find <laughs> vintage raid tickets and machine t-shirts and try to charge $300 for them. There's only two type of girl boss. Mm-hmm. Depop tyrants mm-hmm. and pyramid scheme. Uh, <laughs> pyramid manage. scheme queens. Who pyramid are trying, scheme queens. <laughs> trying to sell you leggings. Hashtag scheme queen. Um, they call them MLMs, but you know what? They're pyramid schemes. Um Okay, so yeah, weird thing about that is Miley Cyrus has done a a handful of different versions of Head Like a Hole. Um, should I play her? Uh, so that at the end of that episode, she kind of she becomes the 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 grungy dark uh, uh, artist she really wanted to be instead of being who her manager wanted to be. I, can't I, I, I was it a manager slash relative? It was something weird. I honestly didn't like. Yeah, it was much, like it so was I her aunt. Care. Yes, who also was is like an antiger. Antiger. Instead of a hey, momager. that's good. Yeah. At the end of the episode, she does. Yeah, there's a lot of crowd I've... sounds. Yes, this is just take for the show. So, what was it? Super Bowl twenty twenty one. Yeah, Where most she... recent Super Bowl. They there was like a pre. Pre-show, she did a version of Head Like a Hole, which all... Yes, in a cheerleading uniform. Yeah. And she also did Rebel Rebel Girl by Bikini Kill. I like this... I like this better than the the Super Bowl performance, and I'll tell you why. This is at least doing something different, slightly. Uh Uh-huh. Who produced this? I have no clue. Was it actually Charlie Brooker? Like... For all I know, it could have been, okay. but I'm, I don't think he's an actual music producer, so. I know he reworked the lyrics. Like, those were his. Yeah, like, but, he's a writer, but yes. he's. Um, for the Super Bowl thing, it's, it, I swear to God, it sounds like they were playing along to the original recording from Pretty Hate Machine. Like, I swear you can hear Trent's vocals in the background and she's just singing over them. What? Okay. It's play weird. It. I've never listened to it because I avoided it, but. It's it's pretty straightforward. There's n- to me, there's nothing technically bad about it. 
I don't really care for the her verse performance. The the chorus I think she does well because her vocal register is the correct. I think it's in her range, the way she delivers the chorus. But I also think they're literally playing along to the track. I love the the drummer in the um, in the N95, proving that yes, you can breathe while wearing them, because <laughs> he's fucking drumming. Yes, you can hear him. Yeah, so you can hear Trent in there. It's very strange. Interesting little guitar line over there over that though. She's really really selling it. <laughs> Not I I don't think it's good, but she is technically selling it. Yeah. Care to comment or I just want to say I'm not a big Miley fan. I never really I'm, have been hey, of I'm her music. I'm no, either. I'm not trying to like be mean to anyone who is a big fan of her or who thinks right. that those covers are great. I will say if it gets younger kids to discover or people who would never really listen to Nine Inch Nails, maybe to go out and listen to Pretty Hate Machine, then it's cool right. with me. But I'm just not, I, I think that as a pop singer, um, she doesn't bring a lot of innovation to the table. So, but that's me. I, I just think she's kind of a, I don't know. She's just not my favorite pop singer. I'd rather listen to like Robin or Carly yeah. Rae Jepsen yeah, or I have Taylor about Swift, you know, like 20 different pop singers, yeah. more than 20 that but I she like also, better than her. I'm just kind of annoyed right now because she's literally just been releasing nothing but rock covers. I think she's also what we would call uh, creatively bankrupt. <laughs> so just kind of, yeah. I don't know. I the, just. And don't even get me started on this Noah. I'm supposed to like Noah Cyrus now? Like what? Actually, I'd rather listen to Noah than. It, I've never heard her. Is she good? She has a song called July that I thought was actually kind of low key good. Okay. Um, I actually was listening and it would just randomly came on like my Spotify Discover. And I was like, who is this? No, no. Like I was upset. No, uh, <laughs> give me Billy Ray. Yeah. I, I think her, I think she has an interesting voice. I like this husky, raspy. Probably the only song I've liked of hers is Wrecking Ball. Yeah. Really. Wrecking Ball is good. And Great. That, I thought the rest of the album was trash. It was called Bangers and it sucked. There, listen, here's what made me mad. She had the audacity to name an album Bangers. There was not one banger on it. Not one. Bangers. We can't stop is not a banger. It no, it's is not. A, it's like a slow, a slow jam. tempo. Yeah, it's a down tempo. It's not tempo. a banger. Like it's if not. that comes on in a club, it's everyone goes to a smoke ballad. a cigarette. Like that's your cigarette break. You're not dancing anyway, anymore. I'm not going to die on this hill, but I'm going to say Ashley O on a roll is the best of the bunch for the Miley covers, in my opinion. I will agree with that because at least it's something It's different. different. And it's it's funny. It's funny. Yes. Okay, we've talked about covers of Head Like a Hole for like an hour now. Yes. So, what are, or do we have final thoughts on I any, guess I'm what just going to. The only thing is um, when Rolling Stone and in, in that recent article was talking about like the relevancy and the legacy of Head Like a Hole, they described it as a cry for resistance, a modern folk song that remains important, as important now as it was when it first came out, which I would say. I agree. Here's I agree the thing. The world is still shit. And this song understands that. And it understands why. And you know why? It's the money. <laughs> <laughs> I want money. It's the uh, worship of money and capitalism. It's and... still a world of piss. Yes. And that's why Trent is still able to write songs about 
the world being shitty. <laughs> That's why he's still around. Uh, if everything were great, you know, I don't know that we'd we'd have Nine Inch Nails as an enduring artist. So uh, maybe for for some scores. By the way, oh yeah, scores. We didn't talk about someone just won his second Oscar. Yeah, go listen to that. We got that that soul soundtrack on on vinyl. That's a good one. It's so good, guys. It really is. Um, waiting for that Mank. Oh, I want Mank so bad. By the way, I'm on that, that NIN Reddit, and uh-huh. uh, everybody on there is also really uh, hankering. For when the, the fuck they going to drop this shit? Hankering for a Mankerin, I if want you know it what I mean. So, it's been teased for like three months now. Like, Give they, us the the Mank, okay? Null Corporation. We've seen the the artwork. We want it so bad. I literally have my phone sitting up propped so I can see when I have Gmail notifications. So like when the Nine Inch Nail store is like available now, Mank. And I thought, okay, it'll be the day after the Oscars because by then we'll know which one won the Oscar, right? Like, will it be Mank or will it be Soul? And I really thought that I figured Soul would win, but... I really thought afterward they would they would release it on the the following Monday. Yeah, like I need to go listen to both of those all the way through again. But yeah, it, there's never been a more shut up and take my money situation than creating the Mank soundtrack on vinyl to look like a sleeve of seventy eights. Yeah, it looks like a box set of seventy eights. Yes, and it's got old timey artwork of of Reznor the composers. And Ross, That's right, an yeah. old timey like. A little write up in there. It's so it's good. It's so cool. I just I want it so bad. Yeah. Um. So yeah, excited about that. Hopefully it'll drop sometime this year. Give us the uh, bank. We want it so bad. Um. But congratulations to Trent and Atticus for their second Oscar, and to John Batiste as well, who and also right. Yes. And to uh, Mara Queen and their five children and their children's um. Uh, Cinderella, Cinderella stagecoach stage <laughs> and their children's myriad little uh, kid cars and the shed that they and built the to contain. They have a shed that they posed in front of. And my theory is that they had to build it to contain all the children's cars <laughs> and vehicles, stagecoaches. Oh, man, these kids have it so good. He and has they don't like even 15 know. kids in that. Five. Can you imagine even having that many? Man, oh, man. I can barely contain a cat. Imagine Trent Reznor with five little ankle biters hanging off his legs. Imagine him in bed on a Sunday morning and five little bodies it's, just pounce yeah. on him like, Daddy! It's 6 a.m. and It's Christmas morning. It's Trent 6 Reznor is dogpiled. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. It's, what a weird thing. It's the cutest. No wonder he never like posts anything about his family because he doesn't want to ruin his image, you know? Oh, I didn't think that. I just thought he didn't want to ruin his children's no, lives. Yeah. yeah that, then he's absolutely oh. correct in okay. doing that. It is. No, you're right. Yes. And yeah, uh, he he made the right decision there, yes. I think. Good job. Okay. Okay. Head so, like a hole. Head Maybe. like a hole. It's a wrap on that. Mm-hmm. We'll probably find things that we missed or forgot to talk about. And we will discuss that in Halo 4 if that happens. It'll happen. What is Halo 4, Blake? Sin. One of my favorites. The final single from Pretty Hate Machine. Yes. Um, it's a good one. There's a Queen cover, so you'll want to come back for that. <gasps> you'll also want to go to our Patreon for a bonus episode about how I discovered a secret hidden Prince sample in Sanctified. Mm-hmm. Um, Patreon.com slash AUX Audio. 
yes. get our stuff and all the other. We'll also have another bonus episode on Pierre's feeling. Yes, we're going so. to be. That's upcoming. And all bonus content from Ox Network Podcasts. And you can join our Discord if you join our uh, Patreon. You get an invite to the Discord channel where you can chat with us about all this nerdy stuff. And You can tell me I'm wrong about Buck Cherry. You can. And you can nerd out with us about Mank. We're going to create a channel called Where's the Mank? <laughs> and it's just going to be about, like the only thing you're allowed to say in there is Where's the Mank in all caps. Every day. And just everyone create... has to post Where's the Mank at some yeah, point. And you have to create memes that just say Where's the Mank? We got to get this episode up before Mank comes out or else everyone's going to think oh we're silly. Oh my God, it's true. What's the date? What's There's the date? There's a ticking clock. It's May 1st. It doesn't matter. It's May Day, baby. It's Mank Day. Well, thanks for listening to us. <laughs> I just hope we didn't suck. Yeah. That's from Wayne's World. Oh. <laughs> well, to our our loyal listeners out there, you know who you are. How does it go? You know who you are. I can't remember. You know. Guys, I've had two drinks and I'm a lightweight. Folks, we're getting sleepy and drunk. Mm-hmm. Tune into Nails. Nails. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the podcast? Nailed. Tune in to Nailed next time for uh-huh. sin. Yeah. And what should we go out on? Should we play a little something mm. to go out on? All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Do we have a catchphrase we go out on? Piggies? Bye, piggies. Bye, piggies. <laughs> <laughs>still fresh in my mind what inch rating are you gonna give it out of nine i i I know what it's out of for the american version Mm. i'm gonna say like a three or a 3.5 not that it's bad i thought i was gonna be mean it's just kind of like you said like we discussed it's just kind of repetitive not a lot of variation between remixes however if it were to be re-released and the opal mix was added, that would bump it up to like a seven. Like just push it all the way up there because the opal mix is that good. So as it stands, it's just kind of a, eh. Does that sound horrible? No, I think you're right. I think I would would give the U.S. version a uh, five and the U.K. version a six. (laughs) That's what I'll say. I love Head Like a Hole. I love... The album version the most, and that version's not on here, but it is helped by that really cool Opal version. Other than that, it's a lot of stuff I don't necessarily need in my life, but it's interesting to listen to nonetheless, so it's not like I'm going to give it a one. It has its place. So that was kind of wishy-washy. Why don't I just, I'm going to average mine and I'm going to say Halo 3 gets a 5.5. Okay, should I average mine? Yeah, what were yours again? 
Was it like 3.5 and 7? Oh, God. Yeah, that's such a big split. Oh, God. <laughs> so. We'll just say a 5. Okay. We'll just stick it in there and say a, a five, 5. and a 5.5. 5. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, sounds good. All right. That's a third Halo rated and completed. See you later, pigs. We got to come up with something cool to say. Oh, bye, guys. <laughs> that's not what I... <laughs> That's not what I had in mind, but okay. <laughs> A U X Ox Audio. Let's hear for nine inch now. Woo! Are you good?